All right, clock him. What was his time? E 37 seconds, sir. Are you kidding me? That's like seven seconds off the rest of the field. You know what that means. Oh, great. Another field filler. Welcome to the NASCAR Field Filler Podcast. Get all your news, results, and updates on NASCAR every week on this channel. You've tried the best, now here's the rest. Let's fill the last row with our hosts, Vanilla Wafers. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the bottom of the playlist as well as the back of the field. This is Vanilla Wafers, and thank you for tuning in to the Field Filler Podcast. It is September 14th. We got a lot of stuff to cover because we just have the second race of the first round in the books, and we just got one more race left to go. They just raced at Richmond Raceway, and they'll be moving on to Bristol Motor Speedway next week. On this day here in the racing world, today is September 14th, which means we got to look at some past winners here, including going back to 2014, where we had Brad Keselowski start in the 25th position. He was able to get the victory over Jeff Gordon at Chicagoland Speedway in 2014. He had a total of six wins this season, the most wins he's ever gotten in any season so far, and he finished fifth in the 2014 standings. Going back to 2008, we go to New Hampshire, where Greg Biffle was able to get a victory in the number 16 machine for Jack Rouse. He was able to get a combined total of two wins this season, and he finished third in the point standings. Moving back five years before that, Jimmy Johnson was also able to get a victory at New Hampshire International Speedway. He led only 12 laps able to edge out the number 21 of Ricky Rudd he would get a total of three wins in the 2003 season and last let's go back to some royalty back in 1997 where Jeff Gordon was able to get the victory in New Hampshire International Speedway as well able to edge out Ernie Irvin and Bobby Hamilton both driving the 28 and 43 machine he was in the iconic number 24 led 137 laps he would get a combined total of 10 wins this season and he would also win his second championship in in 1997. So that's a little bit of a callback to history in the NASCAR world on this date. Now it is time to go into this most recent race. And let me tell you, it's not going to be an exciting one. We're going to look back. We're going to see some of the ups and downs in this race and the overall results. Let's get into it. Let's look at the Federated Auto Parts 400. All right, so let's get into it. This race was held on Saturday, so we could be able to watch the football games today. Um, basically, what I saw from this race is I wish there was football games on Saturday as well, because I would rather watch that than this race. We'll get into all that. There was a total of 19 lead changes amongst nine different drivers. Only three cautions in this race for 21 laps, one being the competition caution and the other one being the stage one and two conclusions. So really, there wasn't any cautions. And in the end, it was the number two, uh, Brad Keselowski lead. 192 laps he gets his fourth victory of the season and he also punches his ticket in to the round of 12 so congratulations to that number two machine he is your winner here at the federated auto parts 400 finishing second is the number 19 of martin trex jr finishing third is the number 22 of joey logano finishing fourth another great run for the number three of austin dillon round out the top five is the number nine of chase elliott finishing sixth we have the number 18 of kyle bush finishing seventh is the number four of kevin harvick finishing eighth is the number 10 of eric Armour. 
Nicola. Finishing ninth, we have the number 88 of Alex Bowman. Rounding out the top 10 is the number 14 of Clint Boyer. Finishing 11th, the top finishing non-playoff contender, also a rookie, the number 8 of Tyler Reddick. Finishing 12th, we have the number 11 of Denny Hamlin. He also won stage 1. Finishing 13th, we have the number 1 of Kurt Busch. Finishing 14th, another rookie, the number 41 of Cole Custer. Finishing 15th, another rookie, the number 95 of Christopher Bell. Finishing 16th, we have the number 42 of Matt Kenseth. Finishing 17th is the number 21 of Matty Bandetto. Finishing 18th is the number 47 of Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Finishing 19th, we have the number 12 of Ryan Blaney. And rounding up the top 20, the number 37 of Ryan Priest. Some noticeable drivers who finished outside the top 20 was the number 24 of William Byron. He was the worst finishing playoff driver, finishing 21st in this race. We also had Jimmy Johnson. He hit the wall earlier in the race. Also got a speeding penalty. Just wasn't his night. He finishes 31st in that number 48 machine. Now let's look at the NASCAR Cup Series playoff standings after Richmond, which means there's only one more race to go remaining in the round of 16. We have three drivers who are already locked into the round of 12. This including Kevin Harvick with his victory as well as Brad Keselowski winning at Richmond and then we also have Denny Hamlin who locks himself in by points. In the fourth spot, 51 points ahead of the cutoff line is the number 22 of Joey Logano. 38 points above the cutoff line is the number 19 of Martin Trex Jr. Then we have the number 3 of Austin Dillon in sixth, 36 points above. Chase Elliott is in seventh with 28 points above. Alex Bowen, the number 88 machine, is 27 points above the cutoff. Kyle Busch in the number 18 is 18 points above. Then we have Kurt Busch in the number 1 machine in the 10th spot, 7 points above the cutoff line. Then we have the number 10 of Eric Amarola, 7 points above. Then in the 12th spot, we have Clint Boyer the number 14 only three points above the cutoff line the four drivers in jeopardy of being eliminated after bristol are the number 24 of william byron who sits three points behind the number 41 of cole custer who sits eight points behind the number 21 machine who sits 25 points behind the cutoff line and then we have ryan blaney in the 16th spot in the number 12 machine 27 points behind the cutoff line and that is your final results here of the richmond race so let's get into it uh, this race was an absolute uh, snooze fest. I'm not going to lie. I-, I did not enjoy the race at all. There was no cautions, hardly any passing. It all just relied on pit road. If you went to pit road, you were the fastest car on the racetrack. If you didn't go to pit road, you would almost wreck. But the crazy thing was nobody wrecked at all. And there's just really not much to report on this race. I mean, we expect more from a short track, especially Richmond. I think Richmond used to be one of the most exciting races. But ever since I th- I can remember with this Gen 6 car, I don't think we've really had one exciting race. Yeah, we did have that exciting race a couple of years ago with Carl Edwards and Kyle Busch, where Carl Edwards bumped Kyle Busch out of turn 3 and 4. But that's about it. It's really just like a flower out of a pot of dirt lately with all these races. I, I just don't get it. Um, I hope they add more short tracks. But at the same time, now it worries me because I don't want more Richmond Raceways. I want more exciting racetracks. And it's the same package that... That is ran at Bristol and Martinsville. Those races are exciting. And to see this race package just be absolute dog crap. Now it also worries me about the Phoenix race because they said it's the same package. So literally, if you're trying to get any new fans to get interested in this playoff thing, no one's going to watch it now because they literally watch this race and they realize, wow, NASCAR sucks. All it is is nothing but left turns. We used to watch the races for the wrecks. Now they don't even have that anymore. Now, 
I'm just saying I'm I don't want to be too critical. I mean, most of the races have been really good, but Richmond just completely missed it. I I did not really enjoy it. I mean, yeah, there was cool to see the pitch strategies, and yeah, it was great to see people like Austin Dillon, Tyler Reddick, uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. have some really good runs. But really, there wasn't much else to really report. And the announcers basically proved it. I mean, holy hell. Seeing those guys just talk about Austin Dillon every single lap was just the most annoying thing. Yes, he led 55 laps. Who the hell cares after the ninth or 10th time? It's cool when you talk about it the first couple of times. Because yes, this is the first time he's ever led at a short track. But when you say it over and over and over. Nobody wants to listen to it anymore. It's it's so annoying. And honestly, that's all I got to really report on it. I guess the only up is nobody really lost a lot of money in this race because there was hardly any cars that got into accidents. The only car that did not finish was Timmy Hill. He ran 100 laps and he had a problem with his rear hub. I, I don't know what's going on with that 66 team. They, they tend to go off the racetrack in the middle of the race and come back near the end. This was one of those times they didn't. And then James Davison, being James Davison, hits the wall, but no caution. I think everyone was on the edge of their seat like, oh my god, we're going to get a caution. We're going to get a caution. But we didn't even get that either. So <laughs> I don't know what to really report on this, except this was one of the worst races of the 2020 season. I would rate it as low as either the second Dover race or one of the Atlanta races. There's there's really nothing else to report it to. So that's all I got to say about this. Uh, hopefully Bristol's more exciting. I pray that it's more exciting. Based on what we saw in the first race, it should be. But honestly, we should try to forget this race from our memory. Just take it out of there. The only one that was excited about this race was Brad Keselowski and Brad Keselowski fans. Maybe Austin Dillon a little bit. But overall, just a race to forget. But before we forget this race, there is still one thing we got to remember, and that is our fancy picks. It's time to now look at which drivers did really good for us and which drivers made me look like an idiot. It is time to look at our fancy picks and see how we did overall. All right, we had 15 drivers to choose from, and we also include some drivers that are in the playoffs that I said would probably not be a best pick to go with. So let's get into it. Let's first start off with our top dogs. And based on it, it looks like most of them exceeded their average, and the other ones went slightly below. Let's get into it. Starting off with Martin Trex Jr. His average point score is usually 44. He finished second in this race. He was a good runner, finished second with 47 points. I'd say that's a pretty good run for the number 19 machine. Kyle Busch, yeah, he did finish sixth place, but he was more of a top 10 guy than he was a front runner. A little bit of a downer on him, but still got 36 points. I was pretty happy about that one. Brad Keselowski was by far the best pick overall in this race. He did get the victory. He also got a stage two win. He was clearly one of the most dominant cars in this race. Scoring 57 points. Hopefully you included Brad Keselowski on your list because he did you wonders this weekend. Kevin Harvick was a top dog guy. He just got into some problems left and right, including running over the box there in the middle of the race. So he looks more of a top 10 guy with 37 points. I mean, no one could tell that he was going to make that mistake. You can't see into the future with that. He had a great race car. He led 41 laps, but unfortunately, when it came to the end of the stage races, he just wasn't there to put in the points. So a bit of a bummer. He's about nine points below his average this weekend. And then Denny Hamlin finishes about where we thought he would. He was going to be an average about 35 points 
is what he scored. He did lead 45 points and got a stage one win. I was expecting a little more, but he, with Kevin Harvick, also had a problem as well going on to pit road. He completely missed the pit entrance, which made him have to go around one more time, cost him a lot of time, a lot of positions, wasn't quite able to bounce back. So he was finishing 12th in this race and kind of a bummer on him, but still 35 points. I mean, it wasn't complete bummer. So for the top dogs, most of them did fairly well, but most of them were more of top 10 guys. Moving down to the top 10 guys, we have Clint Boyer scoring 28 points. Just really wasn't there. Yeah, he was around the 10th spot for the most part, but really didn't get any stage points. So 28 is a bit of a letdown for him. Chase Elliott by far surprised me. I thought he was going to be more of a 11th or 13th guy, maybe getting stage points here and there. But he finished 5th, got a lot of points, scored 41. He was more of a top dog in this race. So good job for Chase Elliott and that team. Said it was one of their least favorite tracks, and they went out and showed what they could do. Joey Logano was by far one of the best drivers. Uh, He scored 49 points. He also led 55 laps, finished second in both the stages. So he provided a lot of points. So if you use Joey Logano as a top 10 guy, you were really happy. But even if you used him as a top guy, you were still happy because he just scored one point below 50. Really good job for Joey Logano. Kurt Busch, he was similar with Clint Boyer. He was on a different strategy. It just didn't work out for him in the end. Finished 13th, 28th points. Not much you can do there. And then Eric Amarola, he's a top 10 guy. Finished 8th, scored 32 points, did exactly what he needed to do. Now to look down at some of the dark horses, we got Ryan Newman completely let us down. Um, I think this year is just really off for him just ever since that incident that happened to him at Daytona. He just really hasn't been the same, and we could really see it in this race. He finished 23rd, three laps down, 14 points. Wasn't much of a viable option. However, on the other side, we got Austin Dillon with one of his best performances at a short tracks, leading 55 laps, like they said a hundred times. Finished second in both the stage finishes. Actually, Joey Logano finished third and fourth. It was Austin Dillon who finished second in both those stage races. My bad on that. So he scored 51 points. He scored the second most points in this race. So if you used him as a dark horse, good job. I really wish I did because I went with Jimmy Johnson and William Byron. And those were the worst picks to go with for the Rick Henrik camp because Jimmy Johnson had a bunch of problems. He made as many mistakes as a rookie would. And then William Byron's team, they just weren't there. You did, you could just hear it on the radio. They just weren't connecting at all. Just mistake after mistake after mistake. So bit of a bummer for that 24 team. They're now on the outside looking in. And then finally, we got the number 41 at Cole Custer. Did exactly what he needed to do. He's still a little bit back, so he needs to perform a little bit better at Bristol. But hey, 14th place, 23 points. If that was your 5th or 6th place guy and everyone else did good, you're still happy with having him on your roster because he did exactly what he needed to do. He needed to be right there near the top 10. Unfortunately, missed it by a few positions. But hey, still a good job by Cole Custer. Now looking at some of the guys who missed the cut, let's look at them. We had Matt Benedetto in the number 21 machine. Scored 20 points. I mean... Yeah, he does like Bristol, but I don't think he's going to really do enough to really make it in because he's so many points back. And again, another bummer of a race for the number 21 machine. I, I just don't see him advancing at this point. And then we also have Ryan Blaney in the number 12. I expected him to be at least in the round of eight, but he may not even make it to the round of 12. Uh, I knew he was struggling at these races, but wow, he he is just way off right now. Two laps down. He was one of the worst running drivers, probably second to William Byron. William Byron was the absolute worst and just didn't have anything. I mean, seeing Ryan Blaney near the top competing against victories to now missing the cut for the round of 12, that is a big flop on those guys and that's going to be an absolute bummer for that number 12 team 
And then we had Alex Bowman. Alex Bowman, I, I don't know where this is coming from, but he, he gets another good run. He finishes ninth with 33 points, did exactly what he needed to do. This is not a track that he's good at, and he proved me wrong once again. Uh, I think Alex Bowman may be more of an Eric Amarola guy at this point because he's scoring the points that he needs to. He keeps running in the top 10, sometimes in the top 5. Alex Bowman might be a good viable option from here on out. If he can keep doing this, he can make it all the way to the round of eight. I'm not saying he's going to be a finalist, but my goodness, with 33 points, a really good job on him. And then some noticeable drivers we never talked about. Tyler Reddick scored 26 points. So if you made a gamble on the rookie there, I mean, a good fifth or sixth place guy really didn't perform any further than that. And then other than that, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., he was going to get a good finish, but had a bad finish near the end and only got 21 points. So mostly everyone was focusing on the playoff drivers. I think at this point, it's very important just to focus on those guys because obviously they're the ones that are running for a championship. They're going to put more power to it. So that's all we got for this one. Brad Keselowski was the top guy, followed by Austin Dillon. Then it was Joey Logano, Martin Trex Jr., and then finally Chase Elliott. That was the top five guys in this race. So congratulations to the ghost guys. Now it's time to see which observer was the top dog in this weekend and who will get another victory moving on to Bristol. All right, let's see if my greediness actually paid off for me. Let's just see if there was one good thing that came out of this weekend. So we already know who I went. I went with Brad Keselowski, Martin Trex Jr., Kyle Busch, Clint Boyer, William Byron, and Jimmy Johnson. Two of those guys really let me down, but three of those guys did really well for me. So I'm feeling pretty comfortable about my pick so far. Now let's turn on over to Crazy Corrado. He had Kyle Busch, Joey Logano, Clint Boyer, Jimmy Johnson... Kurt Busch, and Eric Amarola. Pretty good picks. Uh, most of them finished in the top 10, and they were more top 10 guys. Uh, the only one let him down as well as it was Jimmy Johnson, so he could be right there with me. And then lastly, Mechanical Manny. He had Denny Hamlin, Jimmy Johnson, Chase Elliott, Kyle Busch, Martin Trex Jr., and Joey Logano. He had three of those top dogs. He didn't. I was the only one who had Brad Keselowski, so I'm pretty happy about that. But then again, I took William Byron. He dropped Jimmy Johnson. So did I. But so did everyone. Nobody. Jimmy Johnson did not help any of us in this race. But his least point, uh, scored guy was Denny Hamlin with 35. And my least score was 16. So let's see what the points did. Finishing third with a score of 173 points. We have... Crazy Corrado. Ooh, Crazy Corrado. You went from first to worst. I know that feeling because I got quite a few bronze medals next to my gold medals. It just happens to be more gold medals, so let's see if I can get another gold medal here. But Crazy Corrado finishes third. Bad luck on that one. Try again next week. Now, it is between me and Mechanical Manny. Let's see what the final score is. Finishing first with 208 points. And with bragging rights going into Bristol, we have... Mechanical Manny, he wins with 208 points, and I sit here with 184 points. Damn it! Why did William Byron have to do so bad? Why? Ugh. Mechanical Manny's now only two victories away from me. What has been going on? I, I don't even know. I can't even I can't even be happy about fantasy points here with Richmond because even this let me down. Now Mechanical Manny sits here. I mean, he did make some really good picks. I mean, Chase Elliott, that was a bit of a risky move, but Chase Elliott did really perform really well for him. 
I mean, he picked five of the top seven guys to score points here. The only ones he didn't include was Brad Keselowski and Austin Dillon. So by far did really, really well for him. So congratulations to Mechanical Man. You did deserve this win. I'm just going to be a little salty because I, I had so many victories behind me. And now you've come back with this incredible momentum. And now I am almost uh, crapping my pants in fear because now I know that I have to be really good in these next few races. Otherwise, the listeners of this channel will start to look at me even less than they do already. So <laughs> it is what it is. But congratulations to Mechanical Manny. Uh, another victory for you. That puts him at five. And I'm at seven. And Crazy Corral is at four. It's starting to get tight. We'll see how we do at Bristol. But in the end, it was Manny who got the win at Richmond. And that will be the last segment of today's episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I, I know it was a bit of a bummer to watch this weekend's race, but trust me, the Bristol one is going to be way more exciting because obviously it's Bristol, baby. And also they're going to be moving on to see who can make it into the round of 12. Drivers are going to run harder than ever before. And we already know which drivers are on the outside looking in. We got William Byron, who's only four points behind, excuse me, three points behind. Cole Custer, who's eight. And then Matty Bandetto and Ryan Blaney, they're basically going to be going for a victory but even then we got like other drivers who are less than 10 points ahead it's gonna be crazy you gotta watch it and also don't forget we're gonna go over our fantasy live picks because we gotta make sure that we pick the right ones as the season starts to end so in the meantime thank you guys so much for listening to the best and trying out all the rest i have been able to fill up the last few remaining minutes of your time so i'm gonna take the car and pull it right on into pit road collect my last place winnings and i am out so you all take care this has been the Field Filler Podcast.